Welcome to the Legacy Nashville podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to seek God's presence and serve God's people. Now, let's get to the message. I'm going to address the church and drop some things into your lap and hopefully into your heart. Um, called The Power of We. That's the name of my message today, The Power of We. Now, one of the great things about a biblical church that has a biblical atmosphere that preaches a biblical message is the recipients actually grow with the church and so that your, your own job and business and making decisions on relationship and marriage and parenting and all that goes with it, there are things that happen that you absorb. You don't really have a, a, a knower, that is, it's not definitely, uh, it does include the mind, but it bypasses the mind and goes right into your spirit. You absorb, when you come to church, you absorb the atmosphere. You absorb the music, the worship. You absorb, even if you're not into what they're doing, you, you kind of like it. You kind of, you know, I wish I was that passionate. I wish, uh, I wish I could do that. I think that's a great thing. And then as the church prays and talks about the vision of the house and what's going on, you begin to absorb vision for yourself. So your vision for your life begins to go upward as you absorb faith in the house of God. As you absorb that faith, <coughs> excuse me, it passes right over to your own decision-making in your business, your jobs, your home, and you start thinking better you start thinking more faith. You start thinking more vision. You start taking a few risks. You start getting out of the boat. You start believing God. You start praying prayers of faith. You start, you might even pray for someone to have a miracle. You know, maybe you've never done that, but all of a sudden you're thinking, you know, miracles happen. And so I'm going to pray for my sister-in-law. She's sick. And, and they say, what are you going to do? I'm going to pray for you. Why? Because, uh, because God does great things. And so you absorb things in church, not just through class or through the mind or knowledge, although all of those things are excellent. You absorb it through the atmosphere of the church. All right. The power of we is both corporate, that is the gathering, and also the individual life that each one of us live. This is a kingdom principle. It's a Bible principle that I'm talking about this morning. Everything, everything great that you will ever achieve in your life will not be by yourself. It won't be you alone. It won't just be what you do. There's people surrounded you. There's people that uphold you. There's people that believe in you. And, and so all of life is built around that team of people that help you do great things. Nobody becomes great by themselves. You are with the we, you're with the us, the, the people that invest into your life. And so the we, which we're talking about this morning, the we is far greater than the me. And so our generation is called the me generation, but the kingdom of God is called the we generation. It's not about me, it's about us. So we are the we church, we're the us church, we're the agreement church, we're the, we're the church that is building together so that what I do with my life 
is affected by how I serve in the church. In America, we have done very well to separate Christianity into individual uh, experience. It's your experience in life. So people come to church to get an individual answer, individual experience. It's a, it's a me thing. It's an I thing. And if you don't meet that need, you know, I might visit somewhere else because I'm not into building your vision. I'm into building my vision. I'm not into giving to your vision. I'm into giving to my vision. I, I don't want to serve here. I want you to serve me. I want you to have great food for my children in the nursery, a lot of parking spaces. I want the service to end at the right time. And then I will consider this a church that's meeting the needs of me. And because I'm so important, God's going to lead me to a place where I can be a me person instead of a we person. And I'm telling you right now, if you live that life, you're sacrificing a lot of things, leaving it on the altar. Because what God wants you to do is to learn how to be a we people, an us people, building together. You don't uh, come to church for what it's going to do for you. You come to church for what it's, what's the end of my sentence? You come to church for what you can do for others. So you don't just attend church with me, 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 me. Hallelujah, me, 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 me. Hello, me, 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 me. Oh, this feels so good because God's meeting me, 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 me. And here this person next to you is broken. Their life is messed up. And they're sitting right next to you or in your row. But you're doing me, 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 me. What a shame. Me, 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 I, I, I. And so that attitude never builds a biblical church. It builds a cultural church. And cultural churches is what's ruining the churches in America. We have a great gap between culture churches and Bible churches, biblically sound churches that teach people that Christianity started with the death of our leader and it continues with the death of you. Well, what did he just say? I'm going to find another religion. I mean, what are you talking about? Christianity is not built on a me. It's not built on an I. It's built on a cross. And people wear crosses. Everybody tattoos crosses. I don't, you know, but Lyle, I'm sure, has one somewhere. And so, right? No, don't, don't. Because what, what happens is people wear the cross, which means die to self, uh, sacrifice your life, be the seed sown into the ground. You live the purpose of God, not your own purpose. The cross, Jesus said, and bear your cross. And the cross is a harmful thing. I mean, it's bloody, it's sacrificial. I mean, if you were there at the crucifixion, you wouldn't say to somebody, anybody here have a silver cross? I want to wear what I'm watching right now. I'm not making fun if you have a silver cross on right now. And if you do, that's great. Uh, but a lot of people, even in the in people that don't, don't know God at all, wear the cross not knowing that what they're saying is, I need the sacrifice of Christ. And I'm willing to sacrifice my life to spread the message of sacrifice. It's all built on sacrifice. 
There's nothing built. Jesus said, I came to serve. I didn't come to serve myself. That's what Christ says. I didn't come to serve myself. I came to serve others. But the disciples were into me and I and who's going to get the best seat? Who's going to get promoted? What? I mean, the disciples were just as carnal as we are. That's why Jesus chose them. Carnal one, carnal two, carnal three. Oh, he's carnal four. These are going to be my 12 carnals because they are selfish-minded. They are looking at for promotion. They want power. They represent exactly the kind of people that will follow me. So I'm going to transform them. How many of you already got into my message and you're asking yourself a question? Am I a we? I? Me? Who am I? What am I doing? How, why did I come today? I'm not saying you shouldn't come to church, have your needs met. But once your needs are met, transform yourself into meeting someone else's needs. Don't, don't be a continual person that has to have their needs met every time you come to church. Every time. That's what church is about. People pray for me. and It's so wonderful. I love legacy. and I came broken. Hallelujah. That, I mean, honestly, that's a great message. I came broken. Did you get healed? Yes, but I still want prayer for my brokenness. But you're not broken anymore. But it feels good for people to pray for me about my broken. You have to leave brokenness behind at some point and mature. And that means you start looking for someone more broken than you. And you pray for them and you enter into a relationship. And thus is the church all together. Us. Everyone say us. us. Everyone say we. we. You're not all talking to me. There's just a front row that's louder. <laughs> Everyone together say us. us. Everyone say we. we. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm not a me person. Okay, I believe you. How many know you just lied a little bit? <laughs> you made a confession, but it's, you've not lived up to it. But it's okay. You can get there. When Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew 6, what did he say? Our Father. Oh, you are our Father. Not my. Not me. Not I. But he teaches the most... Uh, what would it be? It, it would be the most powerful and the most purposeful and the best prayer that Jesus ever threw into the scriptures besides John 17. And he says, you got to pray, our Father. Give us, us. Forgive us, us. And Jesus actually seeded the prayer with this ideology of, it's not you alone even when you go to God. It's us. Even when you forgive sins of other people, it's us that forgive one another. It's an us journey. It's a we journey. And that's what we do. Okay, the power of we. There will be slides coming up maybe at the same time I preach. If not, you know, don't worry about it. Um, I know what I'm supposed to say, but sometimes the slide people get ahead, get behind or they have their own little revival going. And so, uh, you know, oh, God's moving on me, hallelujah. But the slide, the slide. Okay, um, I, I pastored for 45 years. And so, um, okay, the power 
of we is the secret to seeing and doing great things for God that will be mind-boggling beyond anything imagined. Wouldn't you like to be in a church that is doing mind-boggling things with God? It's not stalemate. It's not shrinking. It's not dead. It's alive. It's growing. The whole future is ahead of you. You're going to get more. Your size is going to grow. And with that, it's going to come buildings and decisions and maybe campuses and missionaries and maybe church plants and maybe, maybe, maybe. It's mind-boggling. If you could stand in time and go forward 25 years and look back at Legacy as it is right now and see what would happen in those 25 years and how it's going to affect your life, your children, your children's children, some of your children because they're in this church, you're going to marry other children in this church. Some of you that are tending as young adults, you're going to find a great spouse in this church. Some people say, don't talk about that. Don't put pressure on us. If we're single, we want to be single. If you want to be single, that's fine. But I'm telling you, marriage is better. And I would get in trouble with the singles say, so you don't think single life is a complete life? I do. But I think it should enter into the next complete life. Because you cannot become perfect until you get married and someone in that relationship starts telling you the truth. Right. Where, where you, you might look spiritual when you look at that girl, a girl looks at that guy and say, oh man, he's a spiritual guy. Until you get closer, closer and closer and say, well, God has a lot of work to do on him. <laughs> and then we get married, it's Oh my God, what have I got myself into? What's going to go on in this relationship? What, why? It's, it's what happens in marriage. You, you grow together. You change together. You, okay, I'm not doing a marriage seminar. but uh, God wants to do mind-boggling things. Ephesians 3, 2021. Message translation, which I enjoy. God can do anything. That's the time that you would shout out a big amen. amen. Come on. God can do anything, you know. Amen. Yes, he can. Far more than you could ever imagine. I like this verse. Our guess, our request. In your wildest dreams. Now, I can, I can get pretty wild with my dreams and, and my visions and what I think God could do. And this verse is saying, uh, your request is going to be uh, a request that, that will be way under the reality of what God's going to do. When I look back on my life, if, if someone would have told me, if somebody would have told me at the point where there were turning points in my life as ministry, like I'm attending a camp in Portland. I'm a California boy. I drove up did some stuff all over in Washington, Oregon. I had a VW van, but no dog. And so I'm in this van, and I pull up, and I attend this camp, and I'm just kind of a long-haired, hippie-looking young adult that has, you know, living the me life and thinking, I really love the me life and the I life and the van life and the VW yellow van, you know, how... It doesn't get any better than that, you know. And so I'm at this camp. Who, who could have ever, ever said to me, 
or saw it, I'm there and I'm a Jesus freak, so I'm worshiping. And then I decide to stay there. Well, you know, I think I'm going to go to college here. I like this church and they have a college. I'll stay for one semester and uh, try to get a little bit of learning. If somebody would have leaned over and said, oh, by the way, you're Frank Damasio? Yeah, I am. Uh, in, in the future, you will be pastoring this church. What? What are you smoking? <laughs> I could never pastor this church. It's not my goal. You will be the president of the college you're going to. What? Are you kidding? If somebody would have said to this young man, if you could see what's in your future, it's mind-boggling. It's beyond anything you could ever request. It's going to be something that you're going to say, oh my, oh my, oh my, how in the world did this happen? So can I say to you, you are going to be surprised in the future with your life and looking back, you're going to say, how did I get to marry her? How did I get to marry him? Looking at your beautiful children, you're going to go, oh my God, I love these kids more than life. How did I get blessed with this? with his spouse and with these children and that job that I now love. And, you know, I used to look for money all the time, but money cometh all the time. I, I just get blessed and things happen. I, I, I got promotions and, wow, my life is so wonderful. I could have never imagined that this was going to happen to my life. As you experience that, so it is with the church. You can never imagine where this church is going. You can't imagine what you're going to do in this church. You can't imagine what your children are going to do in this church. Why? Because it's mind-boggling. It's beyond anything you could ever write out. If you wrote out your vision, I think we want to have a church that will reach, you know, so many people in Nashville. And God says, uh, uh, Frank, go a little higher. Hey, man, I'm, I'm flying as high as I can get right now. A church of 3,000 and, and 30 missionaries and 12 church plans. That's as high as I can see. And God says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And my ways are higher than your ways. And you're shooting at the target, but you're shooting real low. But I can't even hardly lift my vision to the God thought vision. I, I can't get there. So God being gracious unfolds it. So this verse, he says, he doesn't push you around to get the vision done. That's an interesting phrase. His spirit, deeply and gently within us, glory to God and the church, glory to God and the Messiah and Jesus, glory down all the generations, glory through all millennia. Oh, yes. How many know Eugene Peterson who wrote the Message Bible? was having a good day when he wrote that verse right there. When he interpreted that verse right there, he was having a great day. Okay, your church. I'm talking about Legacy Church now. I'm talking about the church you should be uh, committed to. I'm not saying you must be committed here if you're not, uh, but it's a great church to be committed to, and it's a great vision for you to get involved with. Now, your church, every church, every I would say this to any church. Your church has four things that is distinct reality to you. 
It has its own divine destiny. This church has its own destiny. Belonging church has their own destiny. City center church, I don't know if there is one, but there's always a dozen of them in every city. They have their own destiny. The Assembly of God, the Baptist, the Brethren, whatever it might be, every church has its own destiny, just like an individual. I'm an individual. I have a destiny, a prophetic destiny. I have things that God has done with me and for me. I'm on a pathway, and much of that's been fulfilled in my life. Sharon and I, uh, we've done more than we ever, ever, ever thought we would ever do, and we are still doing. Why? It's my destiny. Your church destiny is the same way. God begins to shape a church into its own unique personality. And you can't separate that from Lyle and Allison because whoever leads the church, the gifting comes through their personality. And so the church starts kind of acting like them. So the women are really friendly. They dance a lot. They swing their arms a lot. You know, they're, they're cool. They're, they're wonderful. And all the women are saying, I like that. And the men are saying, I like that, man. This is a free church. And look at Lyle. He's got tattoos, tattoos. You know, the Bible says, do not tattoo your body. And this man has done everything to his body, you know. So, and so when you look at that, you're thinking, you know, but I like Lyle. I like that kind of a, just a down-home true guy. He, he, yeah, I like this church. And so the church takes on a Holy Spirit personality, and it takes on some personality of the leadership. And so if the leader is sour-faced, never shakes hands, doesn't like people, preaches weird sermons and goes back to his study, then people are the same way. They, they are sour-faced. They sit through the worship service. They leave as soon as they can because the personality of the church is don't touch, don't ask, don't communicate, don't hug. Ever go to hug someone and they, you know, feel like you're hugging a statue? Oh, what doing? What in the world are you doing? But here, everybody hugs everybody. Why? Because that's the personality of the church. It's, it's, it's framed around openness and handshakes and having fun. Church should be fun. I think some people missed, missed the cross when Jesus died for sin. Yes. Yes, he died for sin. But he didn't die and remove fun. So righteousness and no fun don't go together. But in the church world forever, my dad was a pastor, and I was raised in the Baptist church, but I actually hated the church, not because I knew anything about church or God. I just hated what I had to experience every Sunday. It was deader than Julius Caesar. Uh, the, the people... The people most of the time were very unfriendly, very cold. Uh, it was a place that I would do anything. One, one breakfast morning, I caught a fly and swallowed it so I would get sick and not have to go to church. I mean, this is, this is how bad it is, folks. I mean, I'm looking for a way out, you know. Oh, God, get me out of this. You know, so I was raised in church with no fun. I was raised in church where you were dangled over hell every sermon. I'm, I'm holding on to my, my pew as a young guy. Oh, God, 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 please 
no, no more hell. I don't want to go to hell. Uh, and, and if you play sports, if you go to movies, if you went to a movie and Jesus came back and you were in the movie, you're in serious trouble. You're not going to go with the rapture because you're in the movie hell. I mean, these are the kind of things you live with in it. And playing sports is no good. And, and so I didn't like that kind of a church. I left it and joined the Jesus People Movement where everything was good and nothing was bad. <laughs> I, yeah, they, they needed some help, but the help they had was good for me because it was all about Jesus and love and forgiveness. And I had never experienced such happy, happy worship and, and people having fun. And they dressed normal. They dressed normal. You know, they would wear, you know, whatever. Uh, and in our church, it was suit and tie. Even when I'm a kid, I'm in a suit and a tie as a five-year-old. And I'm thinking, I hate this. I hate this suit. I would burn it. I hope the suit goes to hell. That's what I hope. So I, I, I wanted to be in a place that normal people went to. You understand me? Normal people went to. So they don't address you in, the, in a different voice. How are you doing, brother? I'm fine, brother. It's the normality of what I'm looking at. So your church has a destiny, a unique personality. And your church has your own spiritual distinctives. Your distinctives are what comes out of your doctrine and your leadership. That's why pastors exist. Fivefold ministry, they help shape the church. This church has spiritual distinctives. One of them would be uh, worship, passionate worship. You know, maybe you're at a place where you've never seen people like the, the gal in the overalls. You know, she, she's dancing, swinging, hair going everywhere, kneeling back and forth over here. I mean, I could just watch her and say, whoa, you got a lot of energy. Me, I, I, gotta, I gotta save all my energy for one. Hallelujah. <laughs> She's all over. Well, passionate, people kneeling, people praying, you know, the, the way that they respond to the presence of God. It's a distinctive. It's, it's what this house is built on. Prayer. It's a distinctive. Holy Spirit, a distinctive. And so when you, when you choose a church, you're choosing a destiny, a personality of a church. That's when you come in and say, I like this place or I don't like this place because you feel the vibe of the personality of that church, the atmosphere. Have you ever gone into a restaurant and the atmosphere was so weird, you didn't want to eat the food, and, and the waiter was kind of just not a good waiter, leaning on the side of the bench, and I'm saying, what's good here? Nothing's good here. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You should have eaten somewhere else. Okay, great. Uh, uh, you know, maybe we will. Uh, so a distinctive comes into that atmosphere of what you experience from the time you walk through that door, you're already saying, I like this. When they meet you, 
with coffee and stuff out there, and it's all free. Do you guys do that? Yeah. And so, yeah, like my son Andrew does. I mean, people go to church just to eat. You know, it's, it's because they have all kinds of goodies before the service, and people meet. The vibe is awesome. You know, awesome for me. And you see all these people laughing and talking and drinking coffee and eating donuts or whatever. And that's the whole front of the church before you ever get in. I think people say, what a vibe. You know, I, I kind of like this. I never thought church would be this way, but I like it. Then you get inside and it's still friendly and it's passionate. What is that? That's the atmosphere. That's the distinctives of that church. And then you have the God-given vision that God has given this house. So you have four things that this church that you're buying into when, when you come into this house, when you begin to join this congregation. A destiny, you're buying into it. A personality, you're buying into the personality. Not, it's not tied only to Lyle and Allison, but it starts there. And so the personality of the church begins to shape the distinctive division. Now, Making vision happen for this house. You have to take all the promises that God has given you. Which would come first to Lyle and Allison as a pioneering pastor. I was a pioneering pastor. And I had promises. I had scriptures out of the book of Acts. One scripture is, there's many people in this city yet to be reached for the gospel. So I took that scripture and said, I'm taking that scripture for myself. There are many people in this city ready for the gospel. And then prophecies. I believe in prophecy. How many believe in prophecy? How many of you would like me to give you a prophecy? Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Too much energy. I can give you all a prophecy. God is good. The devil is bad. Live for God. Okay? So that's a good, that's a good prophetic word for everybody here. Making vision happen is taking the promises, the prophecies, the passion, and making them reality, tangible, and fulfilled. And so as the leadership team presents promises, part of the vision, prophecies, part of the vision, the reality of the passion that comes from that, you begin making reality of what's going to happen in this city with this church and how do you want to grow. There's no way, there's no way in heaven or earth that a church should not want to grow. Some people say, I just was in that church and they just want to grow. Grow means get people saved. Grow means get a lot of robes ready, a lot of sandals, and a lot of rings because the prodigals are coming home. That's what grow means. Grow is not about the numbers just in the sanctuary. Grow is the amount of people that's going to be saved and changed and come back to Christ. By the way, how many in this room right now, you were a prodigal at some point and you walked away and came back? How many in this room actually got saved at Legacy? You got saved right here. All right, you got work to do because you need to go after the unsaved, not after the disgruntled church person. You need to go after the unsaved. You have a, uh, let's ask the question. How many unsaved people 
in your life? How many, do you have at least five unsaved people around you during the week? How many would say, I have five unsaved people around me. How many have unsaved people at the job? Oh, yeah, yeah, my boss is definitely unsaved. Uh, And so you have unsaved people everywhere that will never darken these doors, but they'll talk to you. And that's what it's all about. They'll talk to you. And so your mission is not just to say, hey, uh, would you like to come to church with me Sunday? If they're a heathen, if they're unsaved and living a different lifestyle, they might do that for you at Easter. They might do it for you at Christmas time when everybody is saved. But they're not going to do it just because you say, hey, why don't you come to church with me? You have to get them into Christ first. Amen, Frank. Okay. Um, The clock is a countdown clock. Okay. Wicked. Okay, vision people are special people. Come on, say that with me. Vision people. Why are they so special? Why? Because they're going to carry the vision. It's not just a pastor thing. It's not just a leadership thing. Building a church, building a vision for your life and this congregation's destiny. It's a people thing. And so if the people never pick up the vision, the vision won't go very far. So it's, it's not just Lyle and Allison saying, praise God, got great faith. I see the prophecies. I have the promises. We're going great places. Come on, let's. It's not, if it's only carried by the pastor, even though it might be a big vision they have, it'll be a small progress. You can't fulfill vision without it being on every shoulder of every person. You carry the vision. Your vision Carriers, Come on, say it out loud. I'm a vision carrier. A little louder. Because that's exactly who you are, whether you want to or not at this point. But in the future, you're going to need to carry the vision. Why? Vision does not partner with laziness. You got to carry it. It's work. It's labor. It's commitment. Vision people, which you are, respond to vision with what? Work, courage, commitment, helping the vision, sacrifice, giving. I used to say to our church, you are the most wonderful people, and I'll use the word lucky in a large sense because, you know, we don't believe in luck, but I still use the word. And so you're the luckiest people ever. You know why? I have so much vision that you're going to carry. You will never run out of vision. We have too much. And there's so many things to give to. You'll be able to give huge sums of money the rest of your life. Instead of drawing back and saying, well, we're going to have to raise some money, uh, you know, because we're going to have to, you know, do some things. Some pastors apologize. I don't at all. Why? I believe I'm helping them. I really do. And I have for 45 years, and I've raised 
millions of dollars for church, church building, missionary church plants, etc. Why? More blessed to give than to receive. And that's one of 50 scriptures you can build your life on. And so I'm going to give you the opportunity to buy into kingdom opportunity on and on and on. There will always be another missionary. There will always be a church plant. There will always be doing something to help one of the ministries here. And you get to partner with God and you have a life. You know, people that partner with God uh, have more resources than people who don't. It's the way it is. You can't outgive God. We have tried. We give a lot of money. Our whole life, we've been great givers. At one point, even in a church that was as large as ours and all the business people that were doing so well, we were still number one giver for a long time. And I used to love kind of saying that to the church. Say, is that bragging? Yeah. It's, what is that? You're not supposed to tell the right hand from the left hand. I'm not. I'm telling the right foot and the left foot. I leave the hands out. And so I would say to them, you know, we model giving. Sharon and I give to everything. We give to orphans. We give to missionaries. We give to the church. We find ways to give because that's our lifestyle. So our church became what? A giving church. The business people, called business with a purpose, they would wait for something that they could get into. And then they would text me, call me, hey, you guys need a bunch of money for the youth camp, right? Yeah, I want to I wanna give 25000 Well, that'll take care of a lot of kids, yeah. And if you need more, text me. Okay, sit down, I'm texting. Okay. Nehemiah 4.6. So we built the wall. We're talking about the power of we. We built the wall and the entire wall, this is Nehemiah building in a time that was very, very difficult. And the entire wall was joined together. Sounds like Ephesians 4, doesn't it? Sounds like Ephesians 4. We built, we joined together up to half its heights. And this is just the most amazing piece of scripture. For the people had a mind to work. How many of you are in business? How many of you really hate to hire lazy people? Why, laziness doesn't work. But people who have a mind to work in building the church, they report for duty. What do you want me to do? What can I do? How are we going to make this greater? Which one are you? Of these three statements, which one are you? Some people just let it happen. Hey, that's great. You gave to that. Oh, fantastic. Wow, the nursery workers are amazing people. Wow, the worship team is so... I let it happen. I receive it. And I think it's fantastic. Or some people make it happen. They make it happen. And then some people wonder what happened. They're not involved enough to even understand what's going on. They, they wonder, what happened? What just happened here? What's going on? Find out, learn, work, get involved. Find a way to build the wall so that everybody is building that same vision. 
Vision people have eyes to see what God's doing. Ask God to give you eyes to see. Ephesians 1.18 says, The eyes of our understanding being enlightened that you may know there needs to come a spiritual enlightenment to a person to see into the invisible kingdom of God. If you can't see what God is doing, there's something that you can do about that through prayer and your spiritual eyes. You'll begin to see the invisible. You'll begin to believe the incredible. You'll begin to receive the impossible because that's the realm that God lives in. And so as you see it, as you lean into that realm, things that are impossible begin to shrink and say, you know, uh, God can, God can it. He, he could do this. Uh, I'm going to receive the impossible. I'm going to, I'm actually going to believe the incredible. You know, when I was in the hospital with cancer seven years ago and uh, went through it for a year, I did 300 hours of chemo. So you try to compute that, 300 hours of chemotherapy. And so I was one sick puppy. You know, my body had, you know, broken down. And the doctors, what they were saying, what they were saying to my wife, you know, I almost died, totally not joking, not just trying to get on TBN. I almost died uh, three times. It would be three times where I came right down to the wire. Uh, because I got pneumonia during the treatments. And I came right down to the wire of death. And so I know what impossible feels like because the doctors are saying, there's nothing we can do. Absolutely nothing we can do for you right now. If your body doesn't fight and win, you're going to lose. And so we're just going to put it up front for you. And you don't have many days to fight. Well, my wife had to hear that. She had to walk through that. She's talking to doctors. But in me, there was still this little piece way down somewhere that said, God could, God can reverse the curse, reverse the sickness, and get me out of this stupid hospital. And you know what? It turned. And I started stepping out of it and lived. Of course I lived. Here I am. So uh, thank, thank you. We're vision people. And the more you're in a good vision church, the more you'll take it personally to see invisible what's incredible. You'll take it to buying real estate to building homes, to whatever your, your job might be, you'll start thinking differently about what God can do through you. And you absorb the genes of great thinking. If you're thinking of starting a business, what a great place to be in the house of God and have people lay hands on you and encourage you. Get a few mature business people to partner with you mentally and spiritually. And you step out in faith and a couple of years from now, you got the business you only dreamt of. You didn't know where the money would ever come from. It was your dream to do that. And now you're doing that. Come on, I'm saying this to somebody here that's getting ready to start a business right now. And you're thinking about the business. 
I'm telling you right now, God's going to work for you. He's going to supply for you. He's going to give you that dream. Every door that seems like it's locked, it's going to open up, and you're going to have everything you and your wife have been talking about. God's going to move on your behalf. You're a vision person, and God's going to supply for you. Come on, everyone say a big man. I believe for that. And others that lifted their hands. Others that lifted their hands. I believe. Why? Because the very atmosphere of our church believes that. And we're going to pray that way. We're going to talk with you. We're going to encourage you. We're going to, and before you know it, I mean, I've done this a few hundreds of times with our business people and pastoring. They loved our church because the church made them better business people. That, and it does. You'll have more better ethics, character. You'll pay well. You won't rob people, rip people off. You won't take advantage of wages. You're a righteous businessman. And the scales are balanced. And God says, I vote for you because you're righteous. You have the scales of truth balanced in what you're doing. Business is an extension of your character. And you better make sure what's being extended is worth being extended. Watch your character. Okay. Oh, I'm done. I'm not done. I'm not finished. I, I've, done, I've done actually one point of my five. Um, but it's, it's kind of normal. Um, how many got something out of today? All right, good. Why don't we do this? Why don't we stand together? And if you don't mind, if you don't mind, even if you do mind, it's going to be awkward, but if you don't mind, would you just join hands right across the aisles, across the whole sanctuary, in a uh, acts kind of a agreement that we're saying we're in one accord. Uh, we're unified. Uh, we're voting for this house. We're believing in this house. And we're, we are joined. We're joined to the people of this house. We're joined with them. And when you suffer, I suffer. When you succeed, I rejoice. When you have a hard time, I'll weep with you. We are real people. We are for one another. And we're for building the kingdom of God. And you're involved in it. You're not a spectator. You're a participator. Church so much is built on spectators. You've got to participate. And if you participate, you own. If you never own, you're a renter. And if you've ever done any properties, you understand one thing. Renters don't treat the property like owners. We had properties, and then we got out of them. It was the greatest answer to prayer in my entire life. Because renters can be really test your faith. Uh, so don't be a renter of legacy. Own it. Own the vision. Own the house. When you see paper that needs to be picked up, pick it up. When you see the sign that says nursery workers needed this morning, close your Bible and go to the nursery. You are an owner. This is your house, the way it looks, the way it operates. All right, let me pray for you right now, all right? Father, we're praying.
that there will just come a Holy Spirit visitation upon these people for this church, for vision, for their life. Lord, I pray that there will be a we spirit, a we atmosphere, us, us, us. We are building together the wall. We're going to join it together. We are going to do great things in the kingdom of God, and that's going to be expressed in my life and in my business, in my job, in my marriage, what I think for my children, the goals that I set, the targets that I set. I'm going to go higher. Higher, go higher. Aim higher. God, God's going to help you. God is going to do marvelous things through you as a people. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody give the Lord a great clap and a shout. You know. Thank you for tuning into the Legacy Nashville podcast. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, make sure you log into the store and give us a good review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Join us again next week for another powerful word.